In the book of Genesis, God tells his people, I, the Lord, am your healer. God comes to heal our broken nature. Today on Physically Spiritual, we will take a deeper dive into how the Lord heals us. Welcome, Welcome to, to Physically, physically spiritual. spiritual. I have been, been amazed, amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated with discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I have discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Welcome back to Physically Spiritual, everyone. Before we get started, I want to do a little housekeeping. First, I want to remind you of our show notes. Today's episode especially, we're going to be going through uh, some different lists of ideas and topics, and hopefully the notes are a great help for you to follow and remember what we talk about. Here at Awaken Catholic, we are partners with the Hollow app. The Hollow app is the only Catholic meditation app to help you find peace and grow in your spiritual journey. Uh, to check out Hollow, go to hollow.app forward slash awaken. If you want to support everything we do here at Awaken Catholic, I would invite you to join the Awaken Nation. To become a patron of Awaken Catholic, go to awakencatholic.org forward slash join. And I would also invite you to go to my website, becominggift.com, if you're interested in going deeper on these topics, uh, going deeper into the show notes, or you want help applying the topics we discuss here at Physically Spiritual, uh, you can join my coaching practice at becominggift.com. So we're revisiting the topic of healing today. If you're not familiar with earlier episodes, I would invite you to take a look at episodes 5 through 9 of Physically Spiritual. In episodes 5 through 9, I did a tour through healing from a Catholic perspective, but integrating insights from faith and reason. Uh, so those are, are going to be ideas that we build on today. And so going back to those might help you understand some of these topics. Um, but also I'm going to do my best to explain everything uh, so you don't necessarily need to uh, be familiar with those episodes to get something out of this. A couple episodes ago, uh, we were talking about St. Ignatius of Loyola. And one of the titles that St. Ignatius of Loyola gave to the devil was the enemy of human nature that the devil is the enemy of human nature, right? Not just the enemy of your soul, of your whole nature, meaning the devil hates all of you, body and soul. And, and I think if we look at our world, we might see some of the traces of this. Uh, one way to think of contemporary society, at least here in, in Western cultures, um, is that there's been this all-out assault on human nature, especially over the last century, uh, we've discussed before in those earlier episodes the state of Adam and Eve in the garden and how uh, being sent out of the garden might have actually been in Adam and Eve's best interest, that with a heart broken with sin and concupiscence, that a lot of the aspects of the garden could actually be dangerous, could have been a stumbling block for Adam and Eve. In a lot of ways, though, in, in modern society, we've returned ourselves to the garden with technology. So one aspect of the garden was sort of limitless availability of resources, right? All the food that Adam and Eve could want was available to them. I know for me and many people, uh, we, we almost have like a limitless availability of food. Uh, in Western societies, it, it's so unique that we have people who are both poor and obese. 
So the, the cheapest food in our society is really the least healthy food. So, so even the people in our society that struggle with poverty uh, also struggle with caloric excess. <laughs> We've returned ourselves to almost like a quasi-infinite availability of nutrition. And in, in our, our human body, our human heart isn't suited to manage that very well. And so there's chronic obesity in our society. A majority of the people in the United States today are actually overweight or obese. Um, and in other ways, we've also returned ourselves to a state sort of like the garden. I'll point out technology. You know, you might be watching this on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, try to go about watching every video on Facebook and YouTube. You'd spend the rest of your life watching videos, right? There's an endless supply of entertainment. And in the midst of that endless supply, it's something that our human heart, our human will, isn't well suited to deal with. I mean, how many of us haven't, um, at the end of an episode of Netflix, seen that ticker? You have five seconds to decide whether or not to watch the next episode. And in, in the midst of all we have to do is simply let it happen, and there's more content, more distraction. Uh, how many of us haven't slipped into watching Netflix later than we should, not getting enough sleep? Right? So there's so many aspects of our modern world that, that really are destructive to our human nature. Another one is something just as simple as the effect of the light bulb on human sleep. You know, at one point, our sleep patterns would have been uh, very connected to the patterns of the sun and the moon. <laughs> when it got dark outside, our body knew it was time to sleep. And when it got light outside, it knew it was time to wake up. And now we live in a sort of synthetic environment that we're, we're disconnected from that lunar cycle. And so we can stay up all night and have the brightest light that you could imagine that could keep us awake. So in so many ways, what our, our modern society point or presents us with problems and struggles and difficulties that some of our ancestors probably even couldn't fathom. And this is important because when we're going back to the traditions of our church, maybe spiritual writers from the past, we have to contend with the fact that we're facing situations that they never faced. Right? So when we're taking this advice from a great spiritual writer like uh, like the author of The Imitation of Christ or St. Teresa of Avila, we have to translate that into our modern situation. We have a full frontal assault on our human nature today, and the enemy hates us, body and soul. The good news is that Satan isn't all-powerful. Paragraph 395 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, The power of Satan is nonetheless not infinite. He is only a creature, powerful from the fact that he is a pure spirit, but still a creature. He cannot prevent the building up of God's reign. Although Satan may act in the world out of hatred for the kingdom and his kingdom in Christ Jesus, and although his action may cause grave injuries of a spiritual nature and indirectly even a physical nature, to each man and to society, the action is permitted by divine providence, which, with strength and gentleness, God guides human and cosmic history. Right? Satan does not have infinite power. Although, as an angel, much more powerful than we are, much smarter than we are, uh, but on, on the other hand, not infinite power. That means that Satan has limited resources. So everything the enemy does in the world is, is focused, is targeted. It's done for a purpose. 
So by realizing the design of the enemy, uh, we then also can, on the other side, realize the way that the enemy is trying to foil God's kingdom, God's plan. Right. So if, if we sense a certain kind of brokenness in ourselves, something that the enemy has attacked, has focused on, then we can flip the coin on its side and, and suppose this might be an area where God actually wants me to build up the kingdom. Right? The, the enemy's trying to foil God's kingdom coming into the world. And the part of God's kingdom that I am meant to build up, the enemy has put in the most effort into destroying. So I want to give you an example of my, from my own life, uh, just so you can get an idea of what this looks like. Um, so when I was a little kid, I was very energetic, rambunctious, and, and in that energy would often just say things off the cuff. You know, just things that made no sense, things that were fun, goofy, weird. And, and I had this interaction with, um, with a family member whom I loved dearly, knew that he loved me dearly too, um, but one day we were driving, and he made this comment to me. He said, Andrew, before you say something, uh, say it to yourself seven times. And if you still think it's worth saying, then say it. Um, and I remember this is someone I looked, looked up to, and I internalized that. Um, and, and in that, he meant well, right? He meant to give me um, more prudence in my words to encourage me to, to measure what I was to say, to be more considerate of others. Uh, in what I said. But on, on the other hand, the way I internalized that was that there was, there was something wrong with the way I talked. And in order to be accepted by others, in order to be loved by others, I had to filter. Right? I had to, uh, to say it to myself and make sure it was something worth saying. Right? My words, what, what the enemy then took that and pushed it in my heart. And what the enemy said to me in my heart was, your thoughts aren't worth saying. So from that, although there was something very natural that happened, you know, a loved one giving advice, well-meaning advice to another loved one, um, in my heart what happened was the enemy started a conspiracy to keep me quiet, right? And, and I remember uh, in grade school, um, I, would, uh, I had friends that pointed out the fact that when I would say something, I would mouth it to myself after I said it, right? So I would say something and then, that doesn't come over very well in the podcast. But if you're watching it, you would see I, I mouthed the words after I said them. And what I was doing was I was going through my words in my head over and over and over again, um, you know, sort of anxiously pouring over my thoughts to make sure they were worth saying. Um, I, I was painfully quiet at times. I, I still can be. Right? There's a natural disposition in me toward, toward silence, toward thoughtfulness. Right? So the, the enemy took that natural inclination in a sense pushed it over the cliff. And by doing that, trying to foil God's plan for my life, because one of the, the primary things I do now working for the church and doing a podcast like this is I speak. I talk to people about God. And there's people from my childhood that are surprised by this. Uh, because if you knew me throughout my childhood, you would have assumed I would never be doing anything like this. Uh, and it's true. It, it surprises me sometimes too. So, so you see the way that, that there was something very natural that happened and the enemy came behind that and gave a nudge to it, spoke a lie to my heart that then I agreed with and then I cooperated with. And then there were other experiences throughout my life that, that spoke similar lies to me. And in those places, uh, the enemy was trying to foil the plan of God. 
let's circle into the physical world a bit. I think it's Im- important to consider the design of the Lord uh, in the physical world and, and allow that to inspire our insights about the spiritual world. As Catholics, we have this idea that God's creation is sacramental, meaning that there's something about the, the physical world that points to the spiritual world. Right? In, in a sense, the, the physical world um, preaches God's truth to us. So by understanding God's creation, uh, we can then also um, understand God's new creation. So let's talk a little bit more about healing. In, in the last episode, we talked about the universal call to holiness. And in that episode, uh, I referred to the fact that holiness was more than just looking good or avoiding sin, but was this deeper functioning of the human person by God's grace. And similarly, physical health isn't just uh, looking good on the surface, like having some physical characteristic that looks healthy, and it's also not just the lack of disease, but it's the functioning of the core biological systems of the body. And, and I want to take a moment and um, linger on what those core uh, systems of the body are. First, we have assimilation. Assimilation is the body's ability to absorb things that come in from the outside. So my ability to, to breathe and take in oxygen, or when I eat food, my, my ability to take the nutrients from that food. I have structural integrity. Structural integrity is the, the strength of the body, so the, the, the strength of my skin, of my bones and tendons and ligaments. Right? The ability for my body to support itself and to, to function and go through life without the danger of, of being damaged. Another important core function of the body is communication. Right? My body, inside my body, everything's talking to each other through the nervous system and through other means. Different systems and, and cells of my body are in communication with each other. There's also transport, the ability of the body to move things from one point to another. Right? It's one thing to get the nutrients in my body, but it's another thing for my body to get those nutrients to the cells that need them. So this ability for the body to transport things is essential. There's defense and repair, right? My, the functioning of my immune system, uh, defense from things from the outside that shouldn't get in, uh, the, the, the defense of things getting in my body that shouldn't be digested, and also repair. When things do get in or, or I'm harmed, um, the ability for the body to heal itself. Uh, energy, my body needs to create energy. So the ability of, of each one of my cells and the little powerhouse in those cells, the mitochondria, to create energy for me to be strong and have uh, a sense of passion. And then finally, biotransformation and elimination, meaning there's things that my body needs to get rid of. And my body needs to be able to go through a process to uh, both move that waste out of the systems and then through various means to excrete that waste from my body whether it be through sweating or, or, or passing it in some other way. So these are the seven core biological systems of the body. And so when I, I say that d- the disease is just a symptom, um, what I'm saying is that the underlying cause of the disease is dysfunction or malfunction in these seven core systems that then on, on the surface manifest as the disease we're talking about. These uh, core biological systems uh, I got this all from the Institute of Functional Medicine. So all this will be listed in the show notes, and there will also be links uh, to the, the information where I found these seven systems. So to illustrate what this looks like, I want to talk about a disease that's all too common in our society and talk a little bit about how dysfunction in these systems leads to the manifestation of this disease. I want to talk a little bit about 
uh, what's sometimes called dementia or Alzheimer's disease. So this, uh, this dysfunction in the brain, it's, it's really a, a terrible condition where people, they, they lose their personality, they lose their identity. Um, and, and, it, and it really is awful to watch a family member go through this. Uh, and one of the, the difficult things about these uh, diseases that we struggle so much with in our society is they often have complex causality. What I mean by that is we, we like to have a situation where um, there's one cause and this one cause has one effect, right? So, so people are often asking the question, well, what causes dementia, right? What causes it? And the, question, the problem is when we answer that question is a lot of different things can cause it. So whenever there's uh, maybe a new drug that's developed or a clinical trial, it's, it's always hard to, to demonstrate real clear cause and effect. Uh, because what's underlying that disease process could be uh, different uh, dysfunctions in these core biological systems. So here are some of the different possible causes for dementia. First, there could be some kind of inflammation in the body, right? So the body's reacting to something and causing high inflammation, which causes a dysfunction in the brain over time, right? So, so the, the brain's not able to do what it needs to do. Uh, there could also be a, a atrophy in the brain, meaning um, something that the brain needs to grow, to heal, to change, to adapt, isn't being provided. Um, maybe something like BDNF, uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or, or even something as, as simple seemingly as vitamin D that the brain doesn't have enough of. Uh, in this could be also a, an energy problem with the brain, Maybe the, the body is experiencing insulin resistance, and insulin pushes uh, glucose from the blood into the cell, and that is what the cell uses to create energy. So if the brain has insulin resistance, this means that, that the, the brain isn't able to absorb nutrition in the same way it could if it didn't. So in a sense, the brain could literally be starving uh, because of how insulin resistant it is. Another possibility um, it could be some kind of an exposure to an environmental toxin. It could be something like lead or mercury that's causing inflammation in the brain and damage to the brain and preventing the brain from healing. Right, so, so this, uh, these are just a few of the possible causes underlying uh, things that could be happening when somebody experiences dementia. Right, so on, on the surface you have the disease, the manifestation of the symptoms, but beneath that is the dysfunction of these core systems. Um, so when you're trying to, to treat this, um, when you're trying to treat this disease, it's particularly difficult because it might even be multiple of these causes all working together to orchestrate the symptoms that you're experiencing on the surface. And let's say you wanted to do a clinical trial to treat uh, one of these underlying causes. You might say, well, we're going to do a trial to um, maybe providing high doses of fat, of fish oil, to a patient in order to help their brain get nourishment from the fat and not just from sugar, right? So you might do that clinical trial, but you'll get noise in that trial because there may be people in that trial who experience dementia symptoms, but their dementia is not caused by insulin resistance or, or by a factor that the fish oil would deal with. Um, you might have people within the trial who are struggling with some kind of heavy metal toxicity or some other cause of inflammation in the brain. Um, so, so it's very hard to do research on these things. Um, but on the other hand, the same things that, that make a healthy human, 
that provide support and function to these core biological systems can often help relieve the symptoms of this disease. Uh, and if you, if you struggle or a loved one of your struggles with, with dementia, you might try a functional medicine doctor who can run a whole battery of tests to try to tease out what the underlying causes of the disorder are and then what lifestyle changes, nutritional changes, supplement changes, or even medications can be applied to the situation to maybe not uh, completely heal the person, but maybe just make their symptoms uh, less severe. Uh, maybe they can reverse the process. I don't, I'm not sure, but it's, it's worth giving it a try. So the, the, the basic things that, that go to make a, a healthy human being are the same for all of us. Good sleep and relaxation, exercise and movement, uh, good nutrition, uh, stress management. We're not meant to live always stressed out. And then healthy, strong, meaningful relationships. Right? These five factors are essential for everyone. Um, and, and time and time again, when people research the body and lifestyle factors that, that lead to disease, all of these factors underlie so many of the chronic diseases that we struggle with in our society. And remember what I said, that, that the devil is the enemy of human nature. Uh, you might look at each one of these so essential and important things for a human to flourish and just look at the ways that people are tempted to, uh, to give these things up for maybe money, po- power, prestige. Uh, we're so sleep-deprived in our country, whether it be from artificial light, ab- abuse of uh, media, maybe it's due to uh, poor stress management, or just not making the time to sleep. Right? You're just so busy, uh, you have to burn the candle at both ends, so to speak. How much more sedentary are we in, in our day-to-day life? not moving enough to keep our body strong uh, into old age. Uh, how many people struggle with, um, with muscle loss and wasting in an old age and, and experience falls? Uh, we have such poor nutrition. Right? We have caloric excess but nutritional deficiency because so much of what we eat is, is hypercaloric and hyperpalatable, meaning it, it sort of uh, misfires our brain to make us think that we need more and more and more of it. And as we eat more, all we're getting is more calories. But we're not getting all the essential nutrients we need, like fatty acids and amino acids, vitamins and minerals. So even though we have caloric excess, we have nutrient deficiency. And we're all just so stressed out, right? Whether it be just the constant busyness of work, the, the extra stress that having a smartphone with you creates of just always having it there, and people can get a hold of you at any time. Or for me, I feel it a lot when I'm driving, right? How natural is it for me to be going 70 miles an hour down a freeway, like what, what in the, the creation of my body has prepared it to handle that situation? I'm, I'm constantly realizing how stressed I am when I'm driving and, and reminding myself to breathe and to relax. Uh, and then relationships. We all struggle with relationships, whether it be um, turning to simulated relationships, virtual relationships, having relationships with things like substances or, or things like pornography that, that damage our real relationships or it just be um, maybe out of fear or anxiety, having difficulty really connecting with people or just feeling disconnected in general. But in, in so many ways, our, our, our modern world, there's a conspiracy against these fundamental things that are so important for human flourishing. Right, let's take this now down to the next level. Right, we're going to understand the physical world in order or understand God's creation to then understand God's new creation, apply it by analogy to the new creation. 
So we have these core biological systems of the human person, the dysfunction of which manifests disease, the function of which manifests health. So what are the core systems of the human person from the widest perspective? Meaning the human person as a body-soul composite made in God's image and likeness. So the, the main faculties of the soul, when we look at the, the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas and Aristotle, are the reason and the will, which he calls the rational appetite, and then the sensible appetite, which is broken down in the, into the concupiscible, meaning our, our passions toward things that are attractive, and the irascible, our passions towards things that are difficult. So as a result of sin, St. Thomas Aquinas said that, that we experience dysfunction or brokenness on all four levels of the human soul. The, the reason, the mind becomes darkened. The, the will becomes weakened and turned towards what's evil, what's not good for us. We experience concupiscence, meaning there's this exaggerated passion toward what's pleasurable. Right? It, it's, it's toward in, in an exaggerated way that's beyond what's healthy for us. Right? We want the, the things that are attractive, the wrong time, the wrong place, with the wrong people, too much, not enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is concupiscence, this disordered attraction toward things that are attractive. And then finally, the irascible. We'll have weakness in the face of things that are difficult. And then we can go down through the other layers of the person. Right? We're created in God's image and likeness as a communion of persons. So we're made to be in deep, meaningful, connected relationship. Uh, so what sin does, is it breaks our relationship with others. It isolates us in fear. And then on the other hand, what we're called to is connection, to be truly uh, in, in a, a life-giving communion with others. Then we also have the psychological part of ourselves, the psychological part that needs security, maturity, purity. But on the other hand, we end up being insecure and, and uh, traumatized by so many things in life. And in that, um, then experiencing a lack of maturity in these places in us that are, in a sense, younger uh, than, than our, our real age. And then finally, the physical part of us. And, and we've already talked a lot of, of what function looks like in that physical side of ourselves. So these are the core systems of the human person. The, the uh, reason, will, the passions, the concupiscible and irascible, the relational part of us, the psychological, and the physical. So when, when we're experiencing holiness, wholeness, when we're experiencing health of the whole human person, we experience function at every level of this. We, we know the truth. We're able to do the good. Uh, our, our passions are attracted to what's healthy for us in the right amount, the right type, the right place, so on and so forth. We have strength in the face of difficult things. We can, we can face them with confidence. We're connected with others relationally. We're, we're psychologically mature and secure. And then we have function in the body. And on the other hand, sin breaks all of this down. Like the devil is the enemy of human nature, meaning he is attacking all of this, right? He wants to deceive you with lies, and he wants you to be attracted and choose things that are bad for you, to choose things that are, are going to destroy you. Uh, your passions are so exaggerated sometimes, they, they just demand that you do things that are not in your best interest, right? When things are difficult, you, you shrink in the face of those uh, you, you feel disconnected and separated from others. Um, there's parts in you that are, are, are broken psychologically, and then your body is dysfunctioning, and you're experiencing disease and discomfort and pain and physically. Uh, so, so you see a, across the board 
the Lord wants to be your healer, to order you from top to bottom uh, in his image and likeness to your flourishing. And on the other hand, the devil is the enemy of your nature, wanting to destroy from top to bottom everything about you. Uh, so, so in closing, I want to circle back to my example. Right There was this, this, uh, this demonic conspiracy to keep me quiet. And also, just, just on a natural level, maybe some words that weren't chosen the best or delivered the best from a loved one uh, that I internalized. So when I, I heard those words, I believed a lie. Right, My lie was that my thoughts weren't worth saying. And, and I agreed, agreed with that and cooperated with it. Right, I brought myself in alignment with that lie. Uh, so, so in my will, I was no longer free to express the truth that I knew, to express my heart, to express myself. Uh, so I, I was in this place of being bound um, and, and being silenced. So in, in my, my attractions, in my passions, the way I experienced the world around me, um, I be, became attracted to being quiet. Right? I became a, attracted to not speaking even when I needed to speak. Um, it was it was more attractive to me, um, you know, as as the, the saying goes, to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Um, I also uh, experienced difficulty and struggle being courageous when I needed to speak up. Right when there was a situation where where my words were needed, I would shrink, and I still do sometimes. This caused me to be relationally distant from others, to feel disconnected, to not be able to communicate my inner being, which I desired so much for people to know. Uh, psychologically, um, I experienced this uh, is, is sort of a, a minor kind of trauma in my life, a, a trauma uh, of just ongoing um, messaging that, um, well, I wasn't worth listening to. Um, so, so there's a part of me in my communication uh, where the growth was kind of stunted, <laughs> where I was kept quiet. And then finally, physically, uh, this one is a little bit harder in this example, um, but, but there is really a, a trickle-down effect from these other dynamics that, that physically, um, well, one, one of the ways that this caused the struggle was physically you, you need to be connected to others in order to gain support, in order to, uh, to deal with difficult things. And, and I became patterned to um, trying to deal with all my problems myself, right? So then I came up with all kinds of different ways to cope with the difficult things that I struggled with, right? I, I couldn't talk to someone about my problems and receive their encouragement and share what was really going on inside of me. So I turned to things like food. I, I misused my, my sexual instincts for lust. I, um, I turned to things like video games and television to numb myself out, right? And, and so the, it caused all of this dysfunction in my body. And I have to be honest with you, I'm still, I'm still being healed in this place, um, Every time I prepare one of these podcasts, the, that little voice is still in my heart, right? This isn't worth saying. Um, no, one, no one's going to find this helpful, so on and so forth. And, and I have to reject that lie in Christ's name. Um, so this is where we're headed in the next few episodes. We're, we're going to go deep into function and how to find function from top to bottom in the human person with God's grace, with God's healing. In our next episode, we're going to talk about God's presence in the body, right? How do we experience God's presence in our body? What are we experiencing in our body? And by becoming aware of that, that can be a foundation for healing, uh, self-awareness. 
we're going to go on and we're going to talk about the truth. Right. At, at the core of the struggle that I shared was this lie that my words weren't worth saying. How can we identify these lies in our heart that the enemy has spoken to us, repent of them, and, and cast them out of our life? And then the episode after that, we're going to start talking about healing memories. Right? So much of, of our experience of brokenness is tied into difficult memories. How can we approach these memories and experience God's healing in them? Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Physically Spiritual. I'll just uh, remind you quick, check out the Hollow app, join the Awakened Nation. Um, and if you want to go deeper in these topics, go to becominggift.com. Or if you want to apply any of these ideas in your life and want some support, uh, join me for some coaching. This show and all media on Awakened Catholic is made possible by the Awakened Nation and the Hollow app. The Awakened Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.